if you're like me and most of us in the U.S., we always think we're going to fix those home projects ourselves and we never get around to it. Well, there's a franchise who will do it for you so you don't have to do it yourself. And it's owned by Ace Hardware. It's called Ace Handyman Services. And it is a growing franchise of exactly what it sounds like. They will come to your home and do any number of projects, actually over a thousand different types of projects. Join me in this episode as I talk with Colette Bell, who's the Vice President for Franchise Development at Ace Handyman Services. And if you want to know more about it, you can actually go to acehandymanfranchising.com to learn a little bit more about being a franchisee. But if you want to hear about the concept, join me now. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. So welcome in this episode of Franchise U, I have with me Colette Bell. And Colette, you are the Vice President of Franchise Development at Ace Handyman Services. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you, Kathy. I am so honored to be here with you. So you're the Vice President of Franchise Development, as I said, at Ace Handyman Services, and you have a degree from Colorado State University in Communication, English, and History. And I mention that because I think it's important for folks to understand what you studied in college may not be where you end up, and we'll get to that. A few years later, you became co-owner of Handyman Matters. So then you were the CEO of a mentoring agency, then worked for a franchise advising group, And in 2019, and you may have still been working at Handyman Matters as well, but you came back with a vengeance when you were acquired by Ace Hardware. So now your company is Ace Handyman Services. What a journey. It's been a path. (laughs) It definitely has been. Let's start with a transition from what you studied into the world of handyman work. How did that happen? Yeah, I love that question. I have two kids who got college degrees because I do think higher education is important. You know, I was going to be a teacher, Kathy. I I came from parents who were teachers ever since I was, you know, little teeny tiny, putting the stuffed animals in chairs and and doing lessons to them. Uh, So when I went to Colorado State University, I got a communications degree and then the English and history part came in for a secondary teaching certificate. So I started my world uh, as an English teacher in high school, loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, My now husband, then boyfriend at the time was in restaurants, so kind of your part of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was with the restaurant chain that had restaurants all over the United States. So we moved frequently. And so I had the opportunity to teach in a couple of different states. And then we moved back to Colorado, where we are both originally from to kind of put down roots and get married and, you know, be adults (laughs) (laughs) at that point. Um, And I got another teaching degree. But then as soon as I found out I was pregnant, which was three years later, my husband, who had been in restaurants all that time, really felt like um, he wanted to do something different with his career so that he'd have more flexibility on the family side of the world. Mm -hmm. Because we spent a lot of years understanding that restaurants can sometimes be nights and weekends and evenings Mm -hmm. and holidays and not very family friendly. So um, he, he wrapped up his work with restaurants. I was still teaching. So I had my salary and he decided to start his own business. He was very entrepreneurial, had always wanted to run his own business, just wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Uh, and we were really fortunate at the time that he was trying to come up with that great business idea that I think all entrepreneurs are, are looking for. We were trying to hire a handyman mm-hmm. and we couldn't find one. 
I mean, we could find them, right? They were advertising. This is the old days. So they were advertising in newspapers and yellow pages and things like that. But none of them ever answered their phone and we couldn't get anybody to call us back because what we wanted them to do was a pretty small project. It wasn't a big house remodel. We didn't have the money, but we were going to do a few things for the nursery. And after about three weeks of trying to hire a handyman, I came home from school one day and my husband looked at me and he said, we should start a handyman business. It needs customer service. And I could literally see the light bulb come on above his head. So I kept my teaching career through the next year when I had our first son. And by then he had the handyman business up and rolling out of the basement of our home and was busy enough that he felt like we could both be supported through that family business. And so then that next school year, instead of going back, I decided to join the business. So. Oh my gosh, what an awesome story. Because you know, the best ideas come out of a real need and, and yes. you all saw that. But I got to ask you, what's it like working with your husband? Yeah, well, it's been 25 years. <laughs> yeah, that's an accomplishment. Right. And we're still married. So that's great. great. Um, it's really, honestly, a joy to pursue a business. It's also um, something I think people have to be ready for when they work with a spouse. It works very well for Andy and I because we both have very different skill sets. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really a struggle over power or things like that. Um, And we complement each other very well. And now I've been doing franchising for a lot of years and a lot of husband wife couples get into franchising and lots of them get back out of it because uh, they either don't have complementary skills. And so Mm -hmm. both of them are good at the same thing, which is not helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it's just, it's 24 seven, right? I mean, everybody is searching work-life balance, but when you own your own business, you know, dinner on Saturday night, you're talking about it and breakfast on Sunday morning, you're talking about it. It never ends because you both have that huge thing in common. So that is a good, that is just an excellent point. Thank you for that. So why did you all decide to go the franchising route? Yeah, such a great question. So um, we, the business blew up for us pretty quickly in Denver. Now, -hmm. part of that was it was the late nineties and Denver was going through a building boom. And so lots of skilled tradespeople were being hired by residential building companies to build whole subdivisions. And so it was very difficult for existing homeowners to find handyman in the first place. Um, So we took advantage of that, grew the business pretty quickly in Denver. But when we felt like we had a business model that could be potentially successful in other places, we felt like we had to test it out ourselves. So we started three more corporate locations in California. Because as many of you know, California has lots more regulations when it comes to businesses. And our handyman model is a W-2 employee-based model. So we don't use subcontractors. And that has its own set of regulations in California. Right. So we felt like if we could figure it out in California, we might be onto something. So uh, we started the three locations in California. We were very successful. We were then uh, approached by a franchise attorney here in Denver who had used our business, our handyman business. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned, hey, if you ever want to grow your business, you should think about franchising it. I think you've you've got a model there that's replicatable. And I'll be honest, Kathy, the only thing I knew about franchising was food. <laughs> yes. And true. I had never thought about it because we were running from food, right? My husband right. had been in the restaurant industry. So I never even thought about franchising until we had the opportunity to speak with somebody who said, no, if you have a business model that has multiple opportunities in different geographies, because of course you have to do it all over the United States, 
Um, and if it is trainable, meaning something that you can teach someone how to run for themselves, mm -hmm. it doesn't just rely on you and your personality, you have a business model that could be applicable to franchising. So we spent about a year learning a lot more about franchising, reading every book we could get our hands on and attending conferences from the International Franchise Association yes. and things like that. Uh, spent about a year putting together the agreement because we all know that that it's regulated by the FTC, mm -hmm. which is great, mm -hmm. uh, but it means we have to spend time putting together what everybody else has to spend time reading when All they're right. investigating and franchising. Um, and then we started franchising in 2001. So That's wonderful. And then you were acquired, Handyman Matters was acquired by Ace Hardware. Yeah. And so now you've become Ace Handyman Services. Yes. And it provides exactly what the name implies, right? Handy work at home. So yep. has the has the business model stayed the same in that transition? It has. Um, and I think that's um, pretty common when it comes to mergers and acquisitions in, in the world of business just in general. But franchising has a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the advantage that we've had throughout this transition, first and foremost, Ace is a tremendously recognizable name brand. Oh, certainly. You know, a company that's been around, actually 2024 will be its 100th year anniversary. My gosh. Hard to believe, right? Not that many American companies have been around that long. True. Um, and they know nothing about the service industry. Mm -hmm. um, as they will very humbly from the very top tell you, anybody who listens, they're a hardware company mm -hmm. and they're really good at it. They've been doing it for a long time. They didn't know much about service, but they felt like it was something they needed to learn more about because of the shifting consumers in, in our world. So mm -hmm. when they acquired us, they said, we don't want to rock the boat. Let's keep everything the same, except for the name. Obviously, we're going to give you a better brand name. Um, we're going to give you a lot more resources than you ever had when you were your own company. But we're going to keep the, co the corporation intact in Colorado. Um, my husband is still the CEO. Uh, there's nobody from Chicago or from ACE here overseeing us. He reports to the CFO. And it's worked. It's been an experiment right. that's actually worked really well. So. That's great. I know the slogan on the website, I love it. It said, if you like our hardware stores, you'll love us in your homes. That's right. So, <laughs> I, love, I love that. And also, you alluded to this a moment ago, Colette, but the fact that I read somewhere that you stated that people are moving from do-it-yourself to do-it-for-me. And that's right. what your company does. And I have to laugh a little bit because I always say I'm a giver. I like to give to others and have them come help me in my home. But I like to do it for me because <laughs> that's, right. that's, yeah. that's kind of the same. Can you tell us a bit more about your company, like maybe about some of the projects? I read you have 1,162 projects. But maybe you yeah, 1, 000, about that. yeah, 1,162. That's a lot, right? Um, a lot. <laughs> we, we really do try and stay in, and play in the sandbox of small handyman projects. Mm -hmm. So our our average project is four hours in length, just about half a day. You can get quite a few things done in four hours amount of time. So, you, so I yep. could have like a little honey-do list and they could come over for four hours? Exactly. That's oh how. That's God. the most common way that people use our handyman business. And oh. so, you know, I tell people it's a little bit like Southern cooking, right? A little bit of this and a little bit oh. of that. The most common trades that our franchisees do, so we're in 46 states across the United States, all kinds of geographic and different building materials and things like that. But the three most common things we help homeowners out with is drywall repair. Nobody likes a hole in their walls, so we can come fix that. Um, we do a lot of carpentry, especially if it takes a skill saw. 
they either don't have the saw or the skill to operate the saw. Right? Yeah, so exactly. Anything that takes, yeah, anything that takes a 45 degree angle. So trim molding around a window, oh. around a door, base molding, cove molding. We do all of those kinds of things. And then the last area we help homeowners out with is going to be in tile, whether that's an entryway floor or maybe a bathroom that you're pulling out carpet and putting down tile, backsplash mm-hmm. in a kitchen. You want the tile to not only be installed correctly, but it's got to look good when it's done. Right. So you want to make sure all the grout lines are even and equal and the, you know, the right amount of material is used in between them. So. Well, you obviously do a great job because I read that your customers rate you 4.8 out of 5. And I know quite a bit about customer satisfaction. And that's an unbelievable score. Why is it so high? Yeah, thank you. We're really proud of that. And it's been a big tracking point for ACE since they acquired us. You know, it's the easiest way to determine whether or not customers are satisfied, especially when you start talking about, you know, 379 locations across 46 states, and that's a blended average across all of them. I think we can credit that, Kathy, to the fact that it's really not so much what we do for people. What we do is, you know, pretty straightforward. You need to have some skills and abilities to do it, but it's not nothing too dramatic or difficult. It's more about how we do it. We have a very detailed customer service path. It's an eight-point communication process with every customer. From the minute they call, we answer the phone with the live person because we know that's different these days. Mm-hmm, true. <laughs> we have, have very well-educated people who are local on the phone. So we don't do a call center. We're doing everything locally so that people are familiar with the weather and the geography and the building materials and all those kinds of things. And then we touch base with that customer another seven times before the project is done. Oh. We do that through software to make sure that every single person has an opportunity to communicate with the customer and the customer knows exactly what's happening and that we stand behind our work for a year after we we're done performing it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's working for you because that's I haven't seen a number like that anywhere, actually. So congratulations on that. And it says a lot about you. So right now you said you have almost 400 locations. Yeah. That's crazy. So do your franchisees have to know how to do home repair or do you think you can train them well enough or how does that work? Yeah, it's a great question. So the answer really is housed within the understanding of what the business model looks like. And what helps people is when they hear our history of my husband originally coming out of restaurants and me as school teacher, for heaven's sakes, um, neither one of us had construction knowledge. What we did instead was we chose to hire as W-2 employees, very talented, knowledgeable tradespeople who actually perform the home improvement. So we're not trying to figure out how to do it. I can't do 99% of the things (laughs) that these talented tradespeople can. But what I can do as a business owner is provide the front end customer service, the software to do the scheduling, the invoicing, the marketing, and then the follow up with the customers. And that just leaves the tradespeople to do all day long what they are most talented at, which is the actual trade itself. Oh, that makes sense. So let's talk about your role. You are VP of franchise development. What does that include exactly? So it's my honor to be able to talk to people about the Ace Handyman Services business model and really franchising. You know, I think people might call it sales. Um, You know, those of us in franchising call it development for a very specific reason. We don't sell anything. Right. Uh, This is a development business opportunity is really what it is. You're asking someone to invest a lot of money. 
you're asking them to change their life because we are an owner operator model. So we don't want somebody to keep their corporate job and try and do this on the side. It's full time, roll Mm -hmm. up your sleeves, build a business, hire people in your community, give back through community service. So it's a very involved position that you're asking somebody to get involved with. So really my role in the development department is education, which is where my heart has always been. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Full circle. So, well. yeah. so I just get an opportunity to speak to people about the ACE Handyman Services business model, about how we do things, about how we help and train and support them, and then what their day-to-day business life would look like on the other side. And then if it seems like a good match and we have available territory, then it's my job to sort of be the ambassador to introduce them to the rest of the executive team and have an opportunity to learn more about the business and decide if this is a good business decision for them. That's really interesting. So what is your plan for growth? Like what, if you could look into your crystal ball, where would you like to be? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been a really interesting experience. When ACE acquired us, we had 119 territories in 28 states. So we've done pretty good for ourselves as a small minute chain. Um, As I mentioned today, here we are three years short later, 379 territories in 46 states, which just goes to show your audience brand name really does make a difference. That is explosive growth. And that's somewhat thanks to COVID, right? So I tell people we had this very interesting winds of fortune. It started with the Ace Hardware acquisition, which is what gave us the great brand name and the rails to write on. And then the pandemic really made home services an interesting business opportunity for people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, coming from the world of restaurants, for whatever reason, restaurant ownership is sexy. Mm -hmm. Lots of people find an appealing life in that opportunity. Yes. Uh, When that wasn't so feasible in the world of COVID, people started looking around for different business opportunities that were surviving something like a global pandemic that we experienced. Mm -hmm. And home services exploded because of that. Not just Ace, but, you know, pretty much every business model in home services franchising saw significant growth during the pandemic. And don't you think, Colette, it also was because people were in their home so much and they saw so much they wanted done? Yes. I, yeah. I can't help but think that had some bearing on it as well. I think, Kathy, you're right. And it has, it's almost, and I've been doing this for two decades, it really feels like it has changed consumers' ranking order of importance on their home, which has always been fascinating to us, right? I mean, we know as home improvement experts, most people's home is their largest asset. Mm-hmm. Rarely do people sink this much money into something else besides their home. And yet it would fall below the change your oil theory in your car, <laughs> which is true. just amazing to me. <laughs> That's a good analogy. But once people saw the home as a safe place with COVID, and then you move from safety to comfort because a lot of people are still working out of the house. And so That's it's right. got to be comfortable and functional too. I do think that really changed the way people view their home. Well, I know it certainly did for me. And we've right. done some home improvement as based on that. So so yes. So now if you don't mind, Colette, I'd like to ask you a few questions about kind of how your role in franchise development and what marketing tactics you use to educate and build awareness. Yeah, so, absolutely. Thank you. Let's start with some public relations. So there was an article in Fast Company that talked a little bit about this, but what are some examples of public relations efforts that have proven successful to help you generate leads for franchisees? Yeah, I think um, PR, Kathy, is one of the hardest items to track because I think it has a buildup 
offshoot to it, right? People mm -hmm. hear about you, maybe they see a news article or something about that, and then they do further investigations. Very few times have I ever had an article in Entrepreneur Magazine and somebody immediately call me and say, I never knew about you before, now I'd like to invest. Right. <laughs> so right. It tends to be more layering. Um, I think obviously uh, we've hugely benefited from franchise-based um, publications. So Entrepreneur Magazine has been kind enough to feature us in a few articles recently, Franchise Times yes. has been kind enough, and Franchising World. Yes. So I think all of those tend to add, they're almost like icing on a marketing cake. You know, you have to put in the time and the energy to build the cake. And then if you can get the PR, then that's what ends up being the icing on top. Ah, oh, that's perfect. Thank you. That is, that is an excellent way to think about it. But you also have a completely separate website for recruiting franchisees, very separate from your customer website. Can you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, that was, I wish I could give credit to the first person that I heard it from, but it, it's been a trend in franchising marketing for quite a while now, okay. um, like, you know, at least a decade. The thought process was, you know, in the beginning, and again, I've been doing business for way longer than I should, but prior to the internet, believe it or not, um, we had a business. And so when the internet came along, it felt like it was just a, an end-all, be-all. You had one website, you were seen as real, and you were kind of off and running. Once we got a little bit more sophisticated, especially with advertising dollars, what we learned was the customer that we were trying to reach through the consumer site was looking up different terms and words and had different needs than the consumer we were trying to reach under the franchising site. So franchising is much more about being your own boss, building your own business, creating an asset for yourself. That None of that has anything to do with handyman, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. <laughs> and so our, our consumer website is focused on handyman repairs. It's, um, you know, we've done a lot of work in terms of maximizing the use of terms that you would if you were looking up a handyman project, things like mm -hmm. that. And then the ter search terms that we use on the franchising side, of course, are much different than that. So we always felt like it was important to keep those two universes completely separate. Now we have links back and forth because right. we want people to be able to see us in all places. But um, for the purpose of advertising dollars, especially when you talk about national brand fund, if a franchisor collects national money on behalf of their franchisees and spends it on a website, it's really only supposed to be the consumer site, not the franchising site. So, Oh, I'm glad you clarified that. That's a really important point. And also good rationale for why you have two websites. Yes. So what internet portals, if any, have you found to be the most useful to yeah, you know, franchisees? Um, there's a lot out there. Um, I'm pretty sure across the, the span of time, we've tried all of them. <laughs> we have <laughs> a, a growth goal of about 100 units a year. So um, we have a pretty significant goal that we set out for ourselves on an annual basis, which means we need a lot of leads in order yes, to make you do. happen. <laughs> um, I have found portals to be exactly like I would tell anybody listening about any other marketing tactic. And my theory on it is choose a few and do well with them. Um, I think, you know, with marketing in general, it's easy to take a shotgun approach and take a budget and just spread it as wide and far as you possibly can, thinking, well, I'll touch all these different marketing vehicles, or you can take that exact same budget and put it into bullets and be very precise about where you're coming through. And we have found the precise method a lot better. So currently, uh, we spend a lot of money and a lot of time and energy with um, 
franchise, uh, biz by sell on the franchising side of that, and then franchise direct. Those are the only two portals that we spend dollars on. And not only do we spend money to show up on a monthly basis for leads, but we also do email blasts through their system. And we have successfully found franchise candidates from both of those online portals. You know, I've received some email blasts and I'm not in the market to become a franchisee. However, they're interesting to me. Yes. They do a nice job with those. They do not look like typical typical spam emails. They're very well done. Yes. Yeah. So that's good. What about social media? How has that factored into your efforts to recruit franchisees? Yeah, we. I would say we're late to the game on social media. We really put together a pretty strong plan two years ago. And maybe some of that's with ACE. I don't know that we did that much when we were Handyman Matters. Um, mostly resource allocation wise would be why. Um, but we do a lot with LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, it's everything is sort of dual. I, you know, you've, we've already talked about the consumer fran site and the franchising website. I would say in social media, you have your own personal social media accounts that you need to be sharing information with because I have personally a set of followers, right, based on my experience. And then the company Ace Handyman Franchising has its own LinkedIn page and has a set of followers off of that. So I, sometimes, you know, there are days when you feel like you're doing everything twice, but you really have to think uh, dual when you're talking about social media. Um, we do quite a bit with Facebook, and that's a lot because our franchisees have seen some success with Facebook. So I think Facebook followers tend to look us up that way. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to make sure I follow. Definitely. I follow you, but I'll have to follow uh, Ace Handyman Services as well. So are there other marketing elements that have been used to attract candidates like trade shows? And you talked about email a little bit, but print ads, anything else that's worked yeah, for we, you? We do get out um, to trade shows. We do, gosh, probably all in maybe eight or nine a year. A lot. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. It's somewhat for our own personal benefit rather than than offering franchises because you just don't have that much opportunity for a two-way dialogue in marketing except for at a trade show. Um, and we've learned some really important things from people who are just walking by and say, for example, oh, are you a part of Ace Hardware? Right? Well, we know we are. And we think just by having the channel letters in our name, everybody should assume we are. That's why we started with that tagline. If you love us in your, if you love our hardware stores, you'll love us in your home. Because it suddenly became obvious that not everybody was making that connection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, trade shows are a great opportunity to just speak with people one-on-one. -on -one. And, and really, for me, it's more learning than it is actually um, educating on that side of it. So. I can understand that. I attend the IFA and I feel the same way. I learned so much there. We talk about our educational programs, but I learned so much. So I can definitely see that. So when you came under the ACE umbrella, how did your marketing to recruit franchisees evolve? Um, Money-wise, obviously it got bigger faster. And again, some of that's growth goals. Some of that's having a big company behind you and the opportunity to designate marketing dollars that way. Mm -hmm. But I would say the one thing that we've tried to keep as steady as possible, even with all this growth, is still being discerning about the right franchise owners. We choose to see franchising as a long haul. It's a long game. Um, it's not about getting somebody to pay the upfront franchise fee tomorrow. It's right. really about somebody staying in business for 10, 
20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, and even as Handyman Matters, we've been fortunate. We've got some franchisees getting ready to sign their third 10-year agreement. So uh -huh. they started with us way back in 2004, um, which back then I couldn't even conceive of a 10-year agreement, let alone three of them in a row. Um, but really, that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to not only put people in business, but we're looking to keep them in business successfully and happily and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to make sure from the very beginning that people are the right cultural fit, um, that they have the right and clear expectations coming into a business. Because whether you start a franchise or start your own business in the basement, every business starts with zero. Mm -hmm. Got to build from there. So right. it takes some time to build up a business, um, hopefully less if you're using a business model that's been proven and has a track record and knows what potholes to avoid, but it still takes time to build it. So we want people who have the right expectations and the right cultural fit coming in. And that way we know for a long-term view, we're going to have the same people around here in 10 or 20 years. And I imagine you interview pretty hard on the customer service element with that score that you've maintained. We do. Yeah. I can customer see service has to be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. So, and one of the things that we didn't talk about that's so interesting is that it's pretty reasonable to start a franchise with you because there's not a brick and mortar type building. It's actually very approachable for so many. And you have two versions. Would you mind just talking about the two versions of Ace Handyman services that you have? Sure. We have a standard version, which is our 70,000 households. So we base all of our models on houses rather than people. Population obviously will be higher than that. Mm -hmm. But because we work on the houses, we want to make sure we have enough houses available. And then as we started expanding under the ACE Handyman Services brand name, we started being approached by a lot of people who live in less densely populated, more rural kind of markets. Um, I'll mention one because we just happened to have Mariah join us from Whitefish, Montana. Oh, my. Uh, you know, total 36,000 households because I believe she's tucked into a whole bunch of mountains all around her where her community is. But we know that that's an opportunity as well, again, with the right expectations on revenue generation. And so we have started rolling out just this year what we call the mini market. It's exactly half of our standard territory. So instead of 70,000 households, it's 35,000. And instead of costing 70,000 franchise fee, it costs 35,000 and everything is cut in half. So um, we're pretty excited. We have a few of those markets starting up this year that should prove out empirically what we believe, which is you can make really good money at it. Um, you have to focus on higher repeat business because at the end of the day, there's only so many customers that live in your territory. However, I would argue you probably don't have as much competition. Exactly. So that's that. exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> that's very entrepreneurial of you all. Well, gosh, I have two last questions. I can't believe our time is nearing an end. But, you know, I look at everything you've accomplished in your career. And now that you've explained all the transitions, it makes such perfect sense. But what are you most proud of? Yeah, you know, my greatest point of pride, and I'm pretty sure my husband would agree with this one is the the gift that we were able to give our two sons. And to me, that gift was twofold. One is we were able to give them a, a college education. Both of them went to college successfully, got a college degree. But the second lesson was you can really do whatever you want if you're willing to work hard and be dedicated. And they you know, were the reason why we started the handyman business in the first place and didn't know their parents as anything but people who work from home, even back in the days when it wasn't normal for parents to be working out of a home. And so the lesson that you can start a business in your basement 
and you can work hard and you can weather all the economic storms that are invariably going to come your way and you can stay dedicated to it and someday sell it to Ace Hardware is probably the most valuable lesson you can teach a kid. And you're also leaving, as we always discuss it at the center, generational wealth, which is just incredible. That's That's an incredible gift. So that's wonderful. Thank you. But my last question for you is, there anything you wish you had known before you started the franchising journey? Yeah, besides everything. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing I learned, um, and we had mentors who shared this, but it was really experiencing it that I think takes setting it in your brain perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that is when you franchise your business, you really become a business owner of a different business. And we miss running the handyman business. We started it, right? That's You right. start something, you love it. You're very passionate about it. Um, we got a lot of joy out of hiring craftsmen and working for customers and things like that. But once you become a franchisor, you're really not in that business anymore. You're in the business of franchising. And you have to be willing to take that just as seriously, do just as much due diligence, do everything right, just like you did with your own business to make it successful in order to be a successful franchise. Plus, you have the responsibility of really taking care of taking other people's money. And that's the whole beautiful business model of franchising is that you're growing your idea on somebody else's pocketbook. Uh, but you got to take that seriously. You got to know that, you know, everything you do has financial impacts all the way down to the my husband says to everybody's kitchen table, whether or not they can put food on the table is something we have to think about every single day. It's a lot of responsibility. Well, Colette, you've shared so much wisdom with us and your company just sounds fantastic. And I can't wait to watch it grow even more. So thank Thank you you so much. Thank you, Kathy. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yum cgfe thank you for listening to franchise you